Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Baylife Church Port Stevens. We hope you find this message challenges and inspires you in your daily Christian walk. For more information, visit www.baylifechurch.org.au. Lovely to be here. I, I might share a little bit of my story. I'll do one more number later if that's all right. And because uh, I'm just trying to, what's the time say there, Noah? Oh, is it oh, 11:01? Oh, great. Twenty-five minutes, something like that. Uh, well, let me just uh, share a little bit about my salvation. I come from a Muslim family, so um, my uh, it's a Turkish Cypriot. Who knows where Cyprus is? Yeah, I went back to Cyprus uh, with Steve last year, which was just such a thrill. I accompanied Steve, and uh, it was just just amazing time. Uh, uh, the work that St- Steve does with Liberty and, and Helen do with Liberty all around the world is an amazing, amazing work. And uh, now my folks are from Cyprus. Cyprus is an interesting place because it's got a wall right through it, just a bit like the old Berlin Wall. That split Berlin all those years ago. And um, the north side of Cyprus are Turkish Cypriots, and that's mainly Muslim. And the south side of Cyprus are Greeks, and um, that's mainly Greek Orthodox. So um, my folks, but uh, before 1974, there was no no wall. Uh, There was was an outbreak of of violence and war, and so the UN came in and put a wall up and, and separated the two. The two uh, races, well, we're not races, uh, the, the two, well, the Greeks and the Turks. So um, my mum my and dad were from the south side of, of Cyprus uh, because before 1974, there wasn't a north and a south. It was just everybody lived everywhere, Greeks and Turks lived everywhere. And mum, was, mum and dad were from, from Cyprus. They were Turks, which meant that they were Muslims. And in 1954, they left went to London, and that's where I was born. So if, if occasionally you hear me talking a little bit lovely jubbly, you know what I'm talking about, it's because I was born in London. And then uh, when at the age of seven, we came over to Australia, and I, I was brought up in Melbourne. Mum and Dad um, didn't get on, uh, and there was some family issues, and in the end, uh, so I came over to Australia in 67, I was seven years old, Mum and Dad split up. Dad went back to London uh, when I was 10 years old, which was very hard for um, a young family. Mum was left with four kids and not much English and a little bit of work. So, you know, I just, you know, there are heroes in life, aren't there? And my mum's one of mine. Um, But I began to, uh, that's what I think about now, but I began to rebel during my teenage years and uh, I ended up getting into the surf scene and everything that goes with that, you know, um, you know, the hooch and the everything else. And it was, I was getting pretty lost pretty quickly. I wasn't doing good in school. I ended up dropping out of school. And um, anyway, mum could see that I was heading down a bad road. She couldn't do much with me. And so she said, look, why don't you go back to Cyprus and, and meet your uncles and your family that you haven't, you know, that you haven't met? And I thought, well, that'd be cool. So I thought, all right, I'll, I'll go and do that. And um, so went to London first and then uh, flew over to Cyprus. And it was there in Cyprus, Cyprus that my, my life would change forever. Now, what, what, what is amazing 
that's happening throughout the Muslim world, if I could just explain something about the Muslims. Um, There seems to be two streams of Islam. There seems to be a really militant stream of Islam and then then there's a more uh, uh, moderate stream of Islam. And obviously, you know, we see the outworking of that, don't we? Um, When I landed in Cyprus, I had a a vision. Right around the world today, right around the world, Muslims are getting saved. And the main way, one of the main ways, not the main way, but one of the main ways they're getting saved is that they are having dreams and visions of a man who is dressed in white, who is the Lord Jesus. And it's a miracle and it's happening right across the world and thousands of Muslims are getting saved. This is what happened to me back in 1982 when I was in Cyprus. I had a vision of a man standing in white. Now, I didn't know who that was. I grew up a Muslim. Not that we were practising. We weren't in any way at all. I can't remember going to mosque. I can't remember keeping Ramadan. We were very secular. And the Turks are a very secular form, most of them a form of Islam. And so um, I had a vision, a supernatural vision. And and this happened many times in the Bible. You'll you'll see lots of people had visions. Peter had a vision when he was up on the roof, you know, of a blanket coming down and, and saw all this unclean all the unclean animals and unclean things that the Jews couldn't eat and, and the Lord was preparing his heart, remember, to receive the Gentiles into the church, remember, with Corn, Cornelius you know, and the angels and all kinds of... Acts chapter 10 is where you need to go and find that story out. Lots of visions. People receive visions all the time and, and it still happens today. And I, I saw a man standing in white. Now, what I actually saw was a very, very wide river and... Uh, and and I looked downstream and there was like Niagara Falls and, and but the water was it's gone but the water was not made out of um, water the river it was made out of people uh, new one okay you got that one just bring that up in a little bit if you could please now. So the water in this big wide river was not made out of uh, water, it was made out of people. And you know how in dreams you just know what's going on when you have a dream, you know what I'm saying? You know what's going on in a dream, don't you? And intuitively I just knew that these were the people of the world and they were flowing downstream and they were falling over the falls and they were heading for their destruction. And this was the people of the world. And now on the far bank, I saw a big rock and a man standing in white. And out of that rock, there came another little river coming out of the rock, flowing out of the rock and into the river. But the water that flowed out of the rock wasn't made out of water. It was made out of light. And as the little river met the big river, there was light all around the mouth of that. And all of the people that came in contact with that light got taken up into the river and ended up on the rock and they were rescued and I knew that I had because what I realized was I was in the river as well and I was heading down to my destruction so I could see the way out and I began in my vision to try and get people's attention and say let's head over there that's the way we've got to get out see that guy on the rock 
he's helping everybody out somehow. We've got to get over there. But nobody would listen to me. What I noticed about all of the people in the river was that they all had little horns and a little little tail. And there were some very bad Christian ads around that time by Christian, who were they? I can't remember, but they were very bad Christian ads and <laughs> they used these little bad animations and they had a, a, a little horns representing the devil and I knew that all of the people somehow were evil and the reason they didn't listen to me is because I had horns in a tail as well and I realised I was just as evil as they were and we were all heading for our destruction and as I became distressed in the vision, I came out of it and, and I was coming out of the vision and then the rock it was like it zoomed in on me and the man on, on the rock pointed at me and he said, you're going to find me and I'm going to find you. Words to that extent. I just knew that I was going to find out who this guy was. So that was amazing. I thought, well, this is a bit of a trip. How do we do this? So um, anyway, I, I didn't realise that that was the Lord until about a month later when I was in, in, uh, in London. I headed back to London. I went to see my dad, who I hadn't seen for about 10 years, uh, maybe even a bit longer. Uh, so dad left us in 1970, and I caught up with him with about 81. And, uh, and I went to go and see my dad. I, I found that I was very angry with dad, even though I hadn't seen him for so long. I still, I still have held this anger toward him. But I stayed with him for a little while, and, in, and he owned a dry cleaning shop in London, in London, uh, in a place called Peckham. Anyone know where Peckham is? Has anyone been to London? You know, hello there. Do you know where Peckham is? Where do you come from? From Bristol. You see? <laughs> Very good. So it was all the all of the Jamaican kids that taught me how to do this reggae thing. So I'm sorry if I do it badly. It's all right. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> hello there. Anyway, so I was in, in Peckham and Dad had this shop, right? And he had a, a, a new family and he had new kids. And so I had like, step, were they stepkids? Stepkids, uh, stepsisters and brothers. And I, I, I've, oh, gee, I found that really awkward, really, really awkward. Anyway, I moved out from Dad's place because I could see that he was short of space and next door to Dad's... See, in London, what they do is they have like three storeys, a block of shops, and everybody lives above the shops, you know? And so next door to Dad's shop... Oh, let me do it backwards so that you know which order it is. So imagine you're facing the shops. Here's Dad's shop. Next door is a hardware store. Next door is a second-hand dealer. So next door, there was a young Jamaican kid. Well, his parents were Jamaican. So he was a, you know, he, he was a, 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 a coloured English young man, and he was about my age. His name was James. He was a preacher's kid. We hit it off. He had all this awesome reggae music I'd never heard before. All I heard was One Love and, you know, Bob Marley. This guy had everything. I thought, we. So we hit it off. He was a preacher's kid. He could see there was something missing in me. I ended up moving above his store and living there because the flat became vacant and I wanted to move out from Dad's place. So we became very good friends, James and I. Next door to the hardware store was a second-hand dealer. So James, being a preacher's kid, went next door. He found a second-hand children's Bible, and he gave me the children's Bible. Now, I grew up in Australia, so, you know, I knew what was going on. I'm saying, James, what are you doing? What are, 
Do you want to, should we go to Sunday school now and hold hands, you know? What are you doing? This is a children's Bible. He just said, read it. So I went upstairs, I opened it, and I began to read it. And in there was the picture of the Lord Jesus that I had in my vision a month before. It wasn't a picture like the vision I had. It was a picture of the vision I had. And that's when I knew something was going on. And I knew who the man in white was. And I began to, I just began to devour this Sunday school book. And I, and I read the Lord's Prayer, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Now, I stumbled over the words, Our Father. We Muslims know that God is God and the only God. But they don't know God as Father. And when I read the word Father, I stumbled over that for two reasons. One is that I didn't know you could call God Father. Two is that my dad had left me so many years before and I began to think, wow, imagine having God as your father and he'll never leave me and he'll never desert me. That's the kind of thinking that I had even as an unregenerate young man. And so I started really, really seeking God. Um, A couple of days later, I was on a London bus I just love the London bus. And I was sitting on the bus. And I was thinking, looking out the window. I, we, let's just paint a picture. I'm not saying that we were pa- driving past Trafalgar Square, but let's just say we were. We were on the streets of London somewhere and the pigeons were flying and the sky was blue. And I'm thinking, God, how do I get you to become my father? How does that happen? I was sitting on the top deck. What I didn't know was, anybody ever heard of Operation Mobilisation? Anybody? It's a floating bookstore filled with young missionaries, uh, like, a bit like YWAM, and they, f- they, they sail from uh, city to city around the world and, and evangelise. A young guy, an Ethiopian guy, coloured guy, had jumped off the boat, grabbed some books, and decided he was going to go and evangelise. He, he told me this later. He was praying, Lord, let me sit next to somebody that you've been speaking to. He jumps on my bus, of course. He, jumped, he goes upstairs and there's lots of seats around. He could have sat there, but he sits next to me. And I'm thinking, dude, there are other seats here. What are you doing? This is what I'm thinking. Uh, and he's thinking, I know there are other seats, but I want to sit next to you. <laughs> so he opens up his bag and there's a pile of books. He gets this book out by a Muslim convert written by a woman called Belki Sheik. And the book was, and I'm thinking about God being my father, and the book was called I Dared to Call Him Father. Has anybody read that book? Well, it's an amazing book. On the front cover, there was a picture of, of Belki Sheik who had, a, 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 what do you call that? Yeah, the hijab thing, uh, just a, like a scarf thing over here. And, and it looked like my mum. So I'm looking down at this book, thinking about God being my father, and looking at this book called I'm Dare to Call Him Father, and there's a picture of my mum on the front cover, and I'm thinking, what's going on? So I ended up saying, excuse me, mate, can I just have a look at that book? And he's saying, oh, of course you can have a look at the book. <laughs> have the book. Hey, I've got ten other books. Do you want these two? <laughs> and so we hit it off, and he led me to the Lord And uh, a few days later, and I became a born-again Christian. Fear was gone. Sin was washed away. God became my father. 
and uh, I became a new creation and, he ch- and God's changed my life forever. Hallelujah. Let's give him a hand. So just, tie, just to tie that off a little bit, what's the time? Six, we're doing well. I, I ended up going back, coming back to Australia, um, finding a church. Uh, it was an Assemblies of God church. Uh, and uh, in Springvale, I, I, uh, and I got born again, again, again. I don't know how many times I got born again. You know how it happens, don't you? <laughs> I reckon salvation is a bit of a process. You know, obviously there is one moment, but I think salvation is a process. Would you agree with that? You know, and, uh, uh, and, and I found this beautiful woman called, whose name is Cheryl. We went off, went off to Bible college and ended up in Singleton. Then we ended up traveling a lot and doing a lot of this kind of ministry, past churches and all kinds of stuff. So here I am. Just let me finish that off, though, because um, this is quite amusing. As I began to read Belky Sheik's book, I did call him father. She started, now I wasn't a fast reader, eh? Um, it's not that I couldn't read, it's just, you know, I, I, I don't know, I couldn't hold my attention for that long, you know. Uh, and anyway, so she's, she, she began to talk about she wanted to be baptised in the book. And I'm thinking, okay then, I've got to get baptised, what am I going to do? I began to get hungry, I wanted God to be my father, I wanted to be sure that I was in, you know. And so she started talking about being baptized. I thought, okay, I've got to be baptized, got to be baptized. So what she ended up doing was she baptized herself. So I shut the book, put my shorts on, ran upstairs, filled up the bath, jumped in the bath. And I'm thinking, you ripper, this is going to be awesome. So I didn't know much, but I knew enough to put my hand on my head and then dunk myself. Hey, don't laugh. It was full immersion. All right. So I <laughs> dunked myself. And I said, in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, I baptise me. (laughs) And uh, I thought, so I I sat back up and I thought, I'll just do it one more time. (laughs) Baptism too. In the name of the Father, Holy Spirit, I baptise me. I jumped up feeling really happy, you know. And uh, (laughs) so I got dressed and picked up the book. Milky sheep, what have you got to say now? I'm baptised too now. Then I found out you couldn't do that. She found out she couldn't do that. I should have just kept reading, shouldn't I? <laughs> that night, um, I was sleeping in my bed. So I was, my bedroom was in the top floor of James on top of the hardware store. And um, we had these strange tiles on, on, the, uh, on the ceiling. And it poured that night. Somehow the roof sprung a leak and I was sleeping on a mattress on the floor. Didn't have a bed, bit of a hippie, you know. I had this big fat kind of beanbag pillow that I was sleeping on. And I was sitting there reading by candlelight. I had a candle right next to my bed. I, I bought myself a proper Bible, a grown-up's Bible. And I thought, I'll, I'll start reading this jolly thing. You know, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was of God. And, and I fell asleep probably after two pages. And I woke up to this sound in my right ear. I woke up and thought, what is that? And I looked up and the roof had sprung a leak and the drip of water, it wasn't a drip, it was like a faucet, was pouring down, landing on the mattress next to my ear. And oh, actually, that's, that's backward. Well, 
that's backwards, isn't it, Cheryl? It was, no, that's right. Have I, no, it's not. The, forget the water. The water didn't happen. No, the water didn't happen, all right? I've jumped, I've jumped the gun. The water's the next night, all right? So put a pause on the water. I remember now. I, 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 and, uh, what the sound was, what was a crackling. And the candle had burnt down and fell on the beanbag and was crackling in my ear and the flames were going up the wall. That's what happened. So I got out of the bed and put the pillow out, put the fire out. I'm thinking, what's my landlord going to say? Look at that black mark on the wall. And I thought, oh, no. All right, so I wake up in the morning without a pillow (laughs) and I start reading Balky Sheik's book. She wants to get baptised. She wants to get baptised. I want to get baptised. That night, I go to sleep without a pillow. That's when the roof sprung a leak. And in this ear, I hear this, wake up, there's a faucet. Okay. Wake up in the morning, pick up Belkie's book, and she's saying, I've got to get baptised, got to get baptised. And I'm thinking, I've got to get baptised. I turn the next page, and the next chapter was called The Baptism of Fire and Water. Isn't God good? You know, isn't he funny sometimes? You know what I mean? And so I'm sorry I mucked up the order there. But you understand, I tell you for a reason, that the point is that God knows what it takes to bring a soul to their knees and to respond to his love. He knew what I needed. He knows what you need, doesn't he? He knows what your loved one needs who's away from the Lord right now. He knows. Aren't we blessed? Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? I'm so glad. I'm so glad he knows. And he knows how to turn a Muslim heart. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Do you know Cornelius in Acts chapter 10? I love the story of Cornelius. Cornelius you'll see a couple of angels come to him. He's not a Jew. He's not a Christian. He's the first Gentile that comes into the Christian church. Peter's on the roof. He's getting a vision to get ready to receive Cornelius. Angels come knock on his door, say, Pete, come with us. Not angels, messengers, messengers. Remember, the angels went to Cornelius. So they go to Cornelius's house. Cornelius is getting a vision from angels. The angels say, Cornelius is not a Christian. He's not a Jew. Cornelius, God has heard your prayer and he's seen your good works. Isn't that right? Isn't that right? And what I love about that is that he wasn't a Christian or a Jew. And that's that's the place where I put the Muslim, the sincere Muslim who is looking for God is right in that place and they are only a miracle away from receiving God. Isn't that good? And then Pete comes and and then they get baptised before him in the Holy Spirit and he thinks, well, who are we to deny these guys? You know, they've got the Holy Ghost. I've just had this vision. Let's take him into the family, into the kingdom of God. And Isn't that a good story? The Muslim is the sincere, in fact, not just a Muslim, any sincere person, God hears their prayers. That's what the angel said. God has heard your prayer. And we, you know, in our religious thinking, 
we might think, we, we might be tempted to think that God only hears a Christian's prayer. Yeah? Or a Jew's prayer. But you know, he hears the prayers of the world. God's heard your prayers, Cornelius, and he's seen your good works. God responds to hearts like that. He loves them. He'll cross the world for them. He'll go to the cross for them. And he did. And they're coming in by the thousands across the world. It's exciting. Don't be afraid. Love them. Befriend them. And slip in a question every now and again if you do meet one. Have you seen a vision lately? Have you had a dream of a man in white? You don't know that they haven't. But it could be a good thing. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening to the message today brought to you by Baylife Church. We hope the message leaves you feeling challenged and inspired to live out your Christian walk. Please tune in again for next week's message.